0: Afghanistan uh, laid down their weapons and We as a country had pledged to help because they were helping us over the last 20 years. We had told them that we would get them out. But on top of that, something I didn't know till this week is that the fastest growing church in the world is the underground church in Iran, of which we have some brothers and sisters here today from Iran. And the second fastest growing church. difficult circumstances, and now all of a sudden, this brutal regime, the Taliban, have taken over and are going to institute Sharia law, and basically most of these new believers, this is an indigenous work, these are Afghani Christians, which means that they converted from Islam to Christianity, they are viewed as apostates, and that is a death sentence in Islam. on the ground Day for their faith, some of them have felt the need to flee and they've fled to the mountains and and trying to get out of the city. They can't get out of the country, they're trying to get at least to hide out until the intensity dies down. But there were other there in Afghanistan by praying for them. And if we're not careful, we'll begin to think, you know, I'm praying for you can almost become a little trite phrase that we say to one another when we feel powerless and we don't know what else to say. And so we say, Well I'll be praying for you. Then sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But we almost act as though there's no nothing's really going to change because of that, but it's a sweet thing a sweet sentiment that is not true, that God says when you pray with these folks, with anyone over whatever they're going through, you are joining them in their struggles. where they couldn't be with him, he was separated from them, but he cherished their prayers, and he said when they were praying, they were joining with him in his fight. In Romans chapter fifteen, Paul had been writing in chapter fifteen. Paul is on his third missionary journey. Chapter 1, he had said to them many times, I wanted to come to you, but I've been hindered. He gets to chapter 15, and he says, you know, I've been hindered because it's always been my personal ambition to preach Christ where he was not known. And Christ had already been preached in Rome, and so Paul said, but now that I have no other areas that I can work in this region, I'm headed to Spain. Thirty. Before he goes to see them, he's going to make a trip back to Jerusalem because he has collected an offering from the the churches there in Macedonia and Achaia. He has collected an offering. in the body of Christ between the Jewish believers and the Gentile believers. So this is a very important mission. So Paul is going back there. So he says to them, beginning at verse 30, he says to the Roman believers, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to join me in my struggle in Judea, and that the contribution I take to Jerusalem may be favorably received by the Lord's people there, so that I may come to you with joy by God's will, and in your company be refreshed. So he says... struggle. There's a, a Greek word there. It's soon agonizomai. Now, the only reason I want to just point that out to you is the word agonizomai is used a number of times in the New Testament. It is used when Jesus, for example, stands before Pilate and Pilate asks, are you a king? And Jesus said, well, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul says to Timothy, Fight the good fight of faith. Agonitsamai. Fight. Contend. Struggle. Fight. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, where Paul is getting ready to die and he writes to Timothy, he says, I have fought the good fight. Agonitsamai. So it means to fight. And then the soon my the word soon, the Greek word is a prefix. That means together with. So this word is only used one time in the New Testament. Soon agonizomai, but it means fight together with me in my struggle, in my battle, in my spiritual war, in the difficulties that I am in, in the difficulties that I face. Join me in this struggle. partner with me in this mission, in this task that the Lord Jesus has given to me. When you and I say to someone, if we really mean it, I will be praying for you, it is not just some trite little uh, sentiment that we should be tagging onto a conversation when we have run out of anything else to say, but rather we are making a commitment to join them in the fight, to join them in their struggle, to enter into this with them and to pray for them and to fight with them in this battle that God is allowing them to go through. The Apostle Paul cherished the prayers of the Roman church. But this wasn't isolated to them. You will see at different times in his ministry, different churches, he would ask for prayer. For example, in Philippians chapter 1, says, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Through your prayers, this is going to turn out for my deliverance. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Once again, Paul was in trouble. And he says, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure. Far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. That sounds like the believers in Afghanistan today. In other parts of the world where our brothers and sisters are being persecuted. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves. deadly peril, and he will deliver us again, and on him we have set our hope that he will continue to to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor God granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Paul said God is going to deliver us again. chapter three. He says, as for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from journeys, and his mission of getting the gospel of Jesus, and in all the hardships and opposition he would go through, he says, you can join me in my battle, join me in my fight. off the side of the road and as you get closer to that car you look at that person and you say that's brother Glenn I guess he ran out of gas or his car parking lot. And imagine looking at me and going, Glenn, I, I, I feel so bad. I just wish there was something I could do for you. I wish I could help you somehow. And I would go, you just did. You joined me in my struggle. You joined me in my battle, in my difficulty Brothers and sisters, you and I can join our brothers and sisters in Christ that are trapped right now around the world, nine and a half hours ahead of us time-wise, but they are trapped behind enemy lines with a brutal regime. But we can join them right now in prayer. We can join them in our fight. The Apostle Paul writes this letter to the Romans up his, what we call his third missionary journey, he has the monies that's been collected and now he's about to take them back to Jerusalem. The story picks up in Luke details it for us beginning in about Acts chapter 20 all the way to the end of the book, chapter 28. In Acts chapter 20, Paul is has left Corinth now and he's making his way to Jerusalem. He stops by. of Ephesus where he had had a ministry for a number of years. He didn't want to go into the city, so he calls for the elders of the church. They come out to meet him out there, and he tells them that he's going to Jerusalem, and he says to them, I'm never going to see you again. And then he says to them, I'm compelled by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem, not knowing what's going to happen to me there. Spirit in every city warns me that hardships and prison await me. So Paul is headed for Jerusalem knowing that something hard and difficult is going to happen. So he had said to the Roman believers, Join me in this hardship, join me in this struggle. He gets to Jerusalem, he makes his way up to see the, the leaders of the church, which was brother of Jesus, James, who wrote the letter of James that we preached out of last week. And he's the pastor of the church of Jerusalem. And so Paul goes up there and he sees James and the other leaders of the church and tells about all that God had been doing through their ministry to the Gentiles. And then James says, well, boy, that is fantastic. He says, you know, you have quite the reputation here. James says, "I tell you what, do we know you're not that way? I tell you what you do. You, we have some men here in the church who are Jewish believers. They've made some vows. They're going up to the temple. Why don't you pay for their sacrifices and you take a vow and you go up there and it will show the other Jewish people here and the Jewish believers that you, as a Jew, have not departed from." takes a vow. He goes up to the temple. This vow was for seven days. And so he's there in the temple and he's doing everything right. And all of a sudden we're told that there were some Jewish people from the province of Asia. They knew Paul from when he had been in Ephesus. They're not believers. They're Jewish people who saw what he said and preached and did. And they began to stir up the crowd and say, this man not follow Moses, and they just said all kinds of things were not true, and then they said, and he brought a Gentile into the temple, and when he said that, that would have just defiled the temple in their eyes, and that place, that city erupted, and they grabbed Paul, and they were going to kill him, and the Roman soldiers who were stationed there in the city, they come running, and they grab Paul, and they they, they rescue him, but they think he's a, a bad guy. Messiah and the Savior, and then they erupt again. And so, anyway, there's a plot to, plot to kill him. They find out about it, and so the Roman soldiers decide, to, for the sake of peace, to take him over 60 miles away to uh, the city of Caesarea, which was the Roman capital, really, of, of Israel at that time. So they get him up there, and they put him in jail. now been 16 years since Pilate had been the governor. There had been four different Roman governors since that time. But now Felix is the Roman governor. He's not a good man. He's a corrupt person. But Paul shares Christ with him. He does it repeatedly. Felix Felix got in trouble, basically had to, had to resign. And a guy named Festus became the Roman governor. So Felix left Paul in jail because he wanted to sort of leave on a high note with the Jews. And so he tells Festus, hears about this guy, Paul. King Agrippa, who was the great-grandson of Herod the Great, that Herod that uh, was killing all the babies when Jesus was born, that's his great-grandfather, and now Agrippa Paul realizes he's not going to get a fair trial. They want to send him back to Jerusalem and let the Sanhedrin, the Jewish court, try him. And Paul knew there's no way that's going to go well. So he's a Roman citizen. He says, I appeal to Caesar. They say, okay, that was his right as a Roman citizen. So then he is um, put on a ship, and he's put with Roman centurion by the name of Julius and guards with other prisoners, over 200 prisoners, and they start making their way been in jail for two years at this point. This is over two years from the time he told the Roman believers, "Join me in this struggle." He's on the ship headed for Rome, and they get into a hurricane. It's called a northeaster, and some of those storms would be could become in the Mediterranean Sea the equivalent of a Category One hurricane. And that seems to be describing something about what happened with that ship. And for 14 days, they are driven in that wooden ship in the middle of a hurricane. Can you imagine? In the waves, and they all think they're going to die. Finally, they shipwreck, And no one, because God had promised Paul he had saved them all, Paul and all the prisoners, hundreds of them, they all make it to shore. fire, and a poisonous viper bites him on the arm. And Paul goes over and shakes it off in the fire and keeps working. Well, when all the people of the island saw what happened, first of all, they thought, well, this man must be a murderer, and He, but he escaped God's judgment of the sea, and now the snakes bit him, so they were all standing about waiting for him to drop dead. And when he didn't, well, then they said, Well, he must be a god. So it gives Paul the opportunity to share Christ with them. And then he hears about the leader of the island, Publius, whose father was sick. He goes up and heals him, then heals everybody who is brought sick from the island, and he shares Christ with all of them. They get back on the ship. This was the first stop on the highway. It was about 43 miles from Rome. And the believers went out, 43 miles out to meet him and escort him into the city. They gave him a hero's welcome. This is what the Romans would do when a conquering general had come back into Rome. They would go out to meet and bring him in. Here's this great saint of God. He's been put under house arrest, Acts chapter 28. He's chained to a Roman soldier. For the next two years, he's in prison there in Rome. He's in a a rented house, but he's chained 24-7. Every four hours, a different soldier is chained to Paul. And he tells every one of them about Jesus. So that, in Philippians chapter 1, Paul says, the whole palace guard has heard. So. governors and to the Sanhedrin and to the high priest and to a famous lawyer there in Jerusalem. He had witnessed to the the centurion Julians and had an impact on his life. He had made it to Rome. He witnessed to every soldier, the palace guard. He witnessed to Caesar himself and wrote four books of the New Testament. And all of that was going on. Do, what more could you do that is more important than praying? So brothers and sisters, you as a child of God can join any ministry in the world right now today in prayer. You can become a partner with any evangelist, any missionary, any people group, any church, any movement, any person, anywhere on this planet. You Afghanistan. And when we pray for them, I want to share with you some things you can pray for. Pray that God will protect them and deliver them. And God is going to make a way, as we sang about today. He's going to make a miraculous way for some. protect and deliver them, and we need to pray that God will give them boldness, that God will give them courage, that God will give them wisdom, that God will give them the words to say that will bring others to Christ. But some of them will die martyrs' deaths. Some of them will die for their faith. So we should pray, if that is the will of God in the do that victoriously, that their faith would not fail. Think in front of uh, Agrippa. And Paul says to Agrippa, I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Naz- Nazareth. And this is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priest, I put many of the Lord's people in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I hunted them down in foreign cities. I thought Paul was a Taliban. The Apostle Paul was doing to those early believers what the Taliban are doing today in Afghanistan, what the special police, secret police are doing in Iran and other places around the world. Those who are so full of God and hate for Jesus Christ that they are trying to kill our brothers and sisters, they're going from house to house looking for them, hunting them down. That was Saul of Tarsus. And Jesus Christ answered the prayers of others and especially Stephen, that first martyr of the church. One day the Lord Jesus appears to him and says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? with with hatred in their heart, it may be very true that the Lord Jesus will appear to them in a vision or a dream as he does all over the Middle East and maybe some of those Taliban will become the greatest evangelists and missionaries to their people there in Afghanistan. You can be a part of it. death I pray, Father. and see heaven open and see you standing at the right. Continue to. this very moment, persecuting and pursuing a new day for us in our prayer lives as we begin to recognize that we can join you in your work here in this area through this church through every ministry in this church through every mission around the world There are some ministries that have access to take funds into that country to somehow try to get some of those people out to others to try to help them with the needs that they have. They had to flee and leave everything. If you would like to give and you would like your monies to go to helping believers there in Afghanistan, then you can go to our church. And go to the link that says "Give." When you go to that, just click the little button there beside, and and it will bring down a, a drop down. I change. Father...